You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for biohacking women over 50. I'm your host, Zora Benamou, a gerontologist, digital nomad, certified sports nutrition, and breathing coach. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan, the cookbook, Eating for Longevity, and a new upcoming energy reboot program for women over 50. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and I would really appreciate it if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find us too. This is a really small but very critical gesture that makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for older women, help us grow stronger, get our voice out there, and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. This episode is sponsored by Oxford HealthSpan, the creators of my favorite supplement, Primadine. I admit it, I am a total supplement junkie, but if I had to choose only one, it would be this one. And it's because Primadine is spermidine, and this is shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. Now, this is a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. So as we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and waste, which isn't good for our cells, our health, nor our longevity. So we need to clean it up. And if you want the research on this, go to OxfordHealthSpan.com and you can see all of it, showing how spermidine supports our brain, our hormones, and our heart health. And another great side effect is stronger hair, skin, and nails, but also longer eyelashes. But, you know, the real important reason why I love Primadine is because I have never, ever received as much feedback on a product I recommended as I have with Primadine. Literally every week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And... Most of the time, it's about improved sleep. And even some of you told me it's reversed a bit of your gray hair too. So I find that totally amazing. So I can honestly say with 100% certainty that Primadine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on OxfordHealthSpan.com. Just be sure to get back to me with your results too. Now enjoy the show. Now get ready to laugh and be inspired with my next guest, Susan Greedy. We, we met in my live podcast interview with Joan McDonald, who in her 70s transformed her body, her health, and her life. And Susan is a friend of Joan's who joined us in that interview. And we immediately hit it off and, and she's her own story of transformation in her 60s that we are going to share with you today. And I guarantee you, you will be inspired. And the reason I, I invited Susan on the podcast is because she is someone just like you and me. And during the pandemic, like so many, she fell into unhealthy habits, gained a ton of weight and was not happy with her body and decided she had to do something about it. And she luckily found Joan got to work in bodybuilding and won some great competitions like the 50 figure division when she was 65. So she's showing that we can do anything at any age. And Susan is now 66. Bodybuilding is her new love, but she is also an entrepreneur in obstetrics and gynecology and a comedian. <laughs> when, when she isn't performing ultrasounds, 
She is performing on Zoom and in person with her improv troupe, the Improvaholics. But Susan's true love really is, is inspiring women to take a chance and believe in themselves again. So now, without further ado, meet Susan Greedy. Welcome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's, it's, your energy is so, so great. I think when we met, it was like instantly we just couldn't stop talking. And, and uh, like we were friends, you know, for, for a long time. But in fact, we don't, we don't really know each other that long. And I felt the same way about you. I, and, you know, I, I felt this way about certain people that I've met through Instagram. And I guess because I am 66, I've decided not to rest on any of my laurels. That if I do that, I just immediately say, all they can tell me is go away, you know, but you didn't, you know, and I just love what you're doing and the message you're, you know, helping women of a certain age with, because we so need it. We so need it. We do. And your story is so inspiring. And, and that's why I have you here. And, and, and your transformation is unbelievable. Anyone please go now, whenever you can to Instagram, Kiki Mouse, uh, Kiki Mouse gets fit and you're going to see her photos of before and after photos. So start from the beginning. Where where were you just before the pandemic and then what happened next? So I would say in late 2019, like a lot of women, I had attempted to start yet again another weight loss you know, journey. I had competed once after a tumultuous divorce in my late 40s in bodybuilding. So little backstory, I've always been a person who loves doing exercise, being active. I often refer to myself as a tomboy. I just like the idea of playing tennis or playing volleyball or running or whatever. So exercise was not foreign to me. I just liked, in some cases, eating more. <laughs> and after my first body and only competition in for, at 47, in those days, there was no reverse. In other words, you would get down to this ridiculous amount of weight, and then there was no coach to see you healthfully out of it. And I found myself six months later, after winning this competition at 47, what I think was probably almost osteopenic. In other words, I think I had probably lost some bone mass. Um, I was down to 6% fat, uh, body fat. I developed an autoimmune condition known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, kind of what people, and I was starting to go through menopause. And I felt like for the you know, last 20 years, that woman I was competing with, I couldn't figure out what mojo I had conjured up to have done that competition. So then in 2019, once again, I went to a coach who I thought, I'm going to try again to do this you know, getting in shape and getting on stage. And I lost a few pounds as I often did, but my mindset just wasn't in it. I was not doing macronutrition. I was doing the standard sort of bodybuilding diet, which is high protein. So chicken, steak, you know, fish, whatever, broccoli and rice. It's super boring. I'm a big foodie. You know, my mind wasn't in it. How old were you at that time, just out of curiosity? Because you did this. What was I, 63? So what was 2019? So 2019, I was just at the end of 62. So you had, you had done this. So the first bodybuilding was competition 47. was we were 47. Then you let all these years go by. 
And then you just said, hey, let's go back to that and see. Oh, I would try it all the time. I would attempt it. I'd hire a trainer. I'd lose 10 pounds. Then I'd gain 15 back because the diet was so rigorous and so not conducive to a regular life. I didn't know anything about macronutrition. You know, and I often joke, like many women my age, I've done every diet out there. I've done Jenny Craig Nutrisystem, the master lemonade diet. I've done intermittent fasting. I can fast better than anyone. But what would inevitably happen is that we believed that a deficit was where we needed to live. So we didn't believe in nourishing ourselves. We just sort of believed that just low calorie, tons of exercise, tons of cardio, almost this punishment, right? And then inevitably what would happen was I'd gain the weight back when I'd go back to my life again, right? And put on that and more. And in 2019, I started to see health markers that for the first time weren't so great. You know, I followed a lot of people like yourselves that were advocating, you know, some intermittent fasting and keto and paleo and all of these things that in, by definition, they're not bad, right? For men. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but for women in menopause, it's a whole different thing, right? And I was starting to do like continuous glucose monitoring. I was finding my glucose levels were kind of not so great. You know, my blood pressure, not so great for the first time. I had fat. I had a panis. And I did, you know, what is it? I didn't do a DEXA scan, but when I did my total fat percentage, it was probably like 40%. It was bad. You know, so I'm starting to see health markers that were not great. So now I'm starting to get a little bit scared. And now it's the beginning of 2020. I've maybe lost 10 pounds, but I'm still not making a dent. I was probably 181 pounds, which was always where I seemed to get. I get how tall are you just to get five, an idea? Five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't good. And it wasn't all muscle mass either. But I'd always hit 181 and then freak out and then lose it and come back, right? So 2020, in March of 2020, actually the end of February, my son who was in medical school, his third year of medical school, calls me and said, mom, I'm coming home. I'm going on a medical mission trip to try and get into residency. He was going to do a medical mission trip in Haiti. He said, I'm coming home for a few days and then I'm flying out to Haiti. Now he's a grown man. I don't have any control over his life. And I'm thinking he's going with the big organization. When he gets home two days before he leaves, he's telling me, oh, no, I've paid for this trip myself. I'm going with a dentist from our local community and somebody from the church. And I'm going, he's showing me on the map in Haiti, this remote part in the mountainous parts of Laganav, Haiti. One of the most dangerous places in the planet. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't even know that because I hadn't looked up on the United States warning. Thank God I didn't, because I would have, I say, I would have stood on the tarmac and kept him from going. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting these mutterings now of this virus, right? But nothing that said, don't go. It just wasn't there yet. He takes off. He's, the last picture I get from him, he's flying into this place in Haiti in like an Indiana Jones plane. <laughs> they can't even land the first time because there are goats on the runway. Oh, God. I can imagine. And this is my baby boy. He's such a good kid. He was the kid I raised all by myself as a single mom. 
he's Einstein, he's Gandhi, he, he's just so special. That's the last picture word I have from him because there's no Wi-Fi, there's nothing. Four or five days later, Trump closes the borders. I'm at home by myself. I can't get a hold of him. He doesn't know. I start to lose my mind. Like when I tell you lose my mind, I remember the corner in my room crying and crying. I start just praying to God, Buddha, anybody that'll listen to me. And I remember making this promise saying, if I don't have to go rescue him like a cowgirl in Haiti, I'm going to give back. I'm not going to make an empty promise. I will do something significant. Don't know what it is, but God, if you bring him back to me, I'm just going to do something significant. Long story short, after, I mean, we almost didn't get him back, but we did. So now I'm on the hunt for what is a 60 year old woman going to give back? What could I possibly do? So I go to Instagram and I start looking for women my age that are doing significant things. And that's when I find Joan. And I called her my shero because all of a sudden here's this ordinary woman from Canada, right? Who at 70 health wise, you know, was in almost renal failure, had all the health markers of not being, you know, living too much longer. I mean, she was just a hot mess. And then there's those transformation pictures. And as I started to follow her story, I realized her daughter had this transformation program called the Wonder Woman. And I immediately applied. In fact, I think I was on the tail end of that transformation programs, you know, acceptance, and I didn't get in. So now the pandemic is in full swing. And I'm sort of back to my typical habits, which I joke was a lot of Chardonnay and a lot of Thai food. And a lot of it at night. You know, when you interview women my age or 50 plus, I think sometimes we find that the evening is our solace. It's that time where nobody bothered me. And I call it like our pacifiers, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a thumb. It's often alcohol. And I wasn't, by definition, I was not an alcoholic. I did not get drunk. I, I didn't do that. I loved fine wines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you think about the French every day for lunch, they have a glass of I wine. I lived in France, and then, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't just a glass of wine. And what I was finding was that I'd often wake up the next morning, right? So I was intermittent fasting. I was doing Victor Longo's Prolong program. Walter Longo, yes. Walter, yeah. I was doing his, I'd listen to everything he'd preach about longevity and letting the gut heal and all of this stuff. I'd intermittent fast for like 16 to 18, 20 hours, and then eat all of my calories, which was wine. You know, I took a lot of liberties and Thai food within like going to bed. Yeah. So imagine what was happening to my blood sugar and my digestion and everything. So I was sleeping like hell. Oh, it was terrible. I'd wake up the next day and feel like crap and go, oh, I'd open the refrigerator and go, oh, you drink, you drink, I have a bottle of wine last night. And now I'm finding myself through the pandemic doing that three, four times a week. I knew that something had to stop. So I applied again to Jones or her daughter's program. Um, now that's like September or so. And I don't get in with Michelle, but I get in with now some coaches that she hires. And the universe must have said, we're going to put you together with this beautiful woman who was the yin to my yang. She was like a yogi. She 
not only was great at the physical transformation, but what she offered me for the first time was mindset work. This idea of self-love. And I went, I'm Cuban and I'm Catholic. And I said, the nuns never gave us a manual on loving yourself. Love everybody else, love God, but not yourself. I was like, where did I miss that memo? And on December 7th, 2020, at almost 185 pounds, I took a picture. I did Mel Robbins 54321. What's that? Mel Robbins has this thing that if you're going to like challenge yourself, it's like a rocket taking off. Just go 54321 and then just do it. Right. And she would often talk about having like difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. That's one of her struggles. So she would just go 54321 and you had to get out. So I thought 54321, I'm posting this hideous picture of myself. And I'm starting a journey because maybe someone will see me and be inspired and it'll keep me accountable. And what's funny is that after posting this hideous picture of me at my heaviest, I look like hell. I I don't even own a bathing suit at that point. (laughs) My pants is hanging over my shorts. I've got one leg rolled up. I look like a homeless person. But you know what I realized is that nobody cared. And in fact, in the Instagram community, I started getting people going, you go, girl. Yes, you can do this. And I thought, oh, my God, no one's coming for my money or taking away my grandbabies. And two seconds later, no one's even interested in my fat picture. And that was such an aha moment because I realized, oh, it's not about the aesthetic. It's about so much more. So that was my journey on Instagram, and I became laser focused. I gave up alcohol completely. I even gave up gluten because I had done some tests that had shown that I had some markers for inflammation that were related to read. So I said, okay, if you're going to do this, let's just go balls to the wall and put your whole heart into it. And I haven't looked back. In whatever period of time that's been since December 7th, 2020, this is the first time in my life that I haven't gained the weight back. Amazing. That's incredible that she, your trainer, this is a bodybuilding or transformation, has made you look at yourself and the mindset and self love, which you would not expect when you sign up for a body transformation, but it's that was the key component. Well, I think when you look at Michelle's program, which I didn't know going into it, and I didn't know I was going to compete again, it was just about weight loss and getting healthy. What I would often joke and shout out to Annie Betrosi and Annie B. Fit on Instagram, my coach, in the beginning, I would say every week, we would meet every week on Zoom. I will tell you that we never talked about, rarely, my macros or my workout program. Every week, we would talk about mindset and the struggles of me having to come to terms with self-sabotage and not loving myself and not putting myself first. Because when you take on a journey like this, you often realize that, again, I often say it has nothing to do with the aesthetic. You have to look at all the things that you had been doing to keep you there, the friends you have, right? the people you choose to associate with. And often to live in the comfortable, right? You, you choose people who do all the same things. But when you choose to be the outlier, oh la la, you have to make 
almost second question, like, are they good for me anymore? And sometimes what you find is that your family and friends aren't necessarily your cheerleaders. And you have to set some boundaries because they want you to stay the same. Because if you start to change, it's almost them looking in the mirror going, oh, maybe I need to change. And those that see you in a good light, you know, I often say you can't make anybody change. But man, can you spread some great seeds if you start to do it yourself? Even my housekeeper came to me like six months after I started this program and said, Senora, perdí 30 libras. I lost 30 pounds oh, by wow. just following you. And I just would start <laughs> crying because I, I had no idea that I was having this light, this effect. And I think still to this day, I'll still tell you, we can talk about my bodybuilding. But in the end, none of this had anything to do with the aesthetic. It's one thing because I got good health as a result of it. But that's just a small component. The big component is learning to fall in love with yourself. Hey, I have a confession to make. I use my computer and phone before bed. I know, I know it's not what we're supposed to do, but I've got a hack for that. It's called Blue Blocking Glasses. So ever since I hosted light expert Rudy Nassif, who created Viva Rays and who taught us about light nutrition, I understood that we need to feed our bodies light and darkness to optimize our health. I wear my glasses starting when the sun goes down, and I wear them when I have the lights on the kitchen, when I'm making dinner, and while I'm using my computer or phone at night. And the reason I wear them is to protect my melatonin production so that I can fall asleep and stay asleep all night. These glasses play a big role in hacking my sleep, and everyone knows I get the best sleep scores. Now, Viva Rays makes the best blue blocking glasses I've ever had, Plus, you always comment on me wearing them in my stories, telling me they look really cool. Now, I noticed that Viva Rays are different than the cheapo Amazon ones I first had. First, they're like three glasses in one because they have these magnetic clip-ons of orange and red in addition to the yellow. Next, most blue blocking glasses block out either too much light or not enough. And finally, they're made in an optic lab, so you can get reader, bifocal, and progressive lenses. Oh, and, and they're ethically made with sustainable materials. And this was an important feature for Rudy. Now, I love my glasses so much, I reached out to Rudy and asked if he would like to sponsor the podcast. So here we are. And Rudy is also offering a generous 15% discount for you. So go to Viva Rays and use the code Zora. Now let's start the show. This is such a, a powerful statement especially when people come on and listen to this and expect, what did you eat? How did you exercise for your transformation? And I'm so glad you shared that because that is the first place to start. So you got your motivation from Annie and, and Michelle's team and Joan McDonald and all these people who, 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 who you look at, and we're always looking at the aesthetic and you chose bodybuilding. Like if there's no, this is like the biggest judgment on the way you look and you have to pull yourself out of that because that's what we're all chasing. That's what we all, unfortunately, especially as we go through menopause and you see your body changing and you're like, but exercise is the same and my diet is the same. And, you know, so you can get, and you're, de you're de 
you just spiral out of control. And you, I think midlife is a, is a hard transition because you're not young anymore, but you're not old either. And so you're struggling with sort of hanging on to the youth and, and when ultimately we should be thinking about our health. Um, and of course, everybody wants the help. But the thing that seems to be motivating the most is that change in, in the body. And it does start from the mindset. So I, I really think that's, that was key. And, and I'm glad you shared that. So what happened then? So you, in, in November, 2020, you decided to go on this journey, sort of changing your habits. And then how long did it take for this? You know, you said week after week, you were talking about mindset, like what happened after that? What happens in this program, which I had never done before is, um, and I know for some people it can be the cusp of being an unhealthy habit, but they have you weigh every day, right? Because it's information. And I work in obstetrics and gynecology, and I find that the scale, man, you, and hopefully I can curse a little bit on this, but you almost have to make the scale your bitch because the scale <laughs> holds such that number. And I still struggle with it. I'm still doing that work because I'll still tell you that that number on the scale equals for a lot of women self-worth. And that's universal. I've worked in obstetrics for a long time. And I know that when we would check a patient into the clinic, ask any women, what's a fear worse than a haunted house on Halloween, asking to be stepped on the scale, right? Nobody proudly says, let me step on that scale and show you what I weigh. And then what do you see them doing? Taking off their earrings, taking off their glasses. Let me take off my necklace. Let me jiggle it. Are you sure that's right? Have you had that calibrated? You know, what? I didn't poop this morning. That's what those extra five pounds are. I know every excuse for it. It's so true, right? Yes. so. And true. I would challenge any woman to tell me that that's, um, you know, I did a podcast with ages with David Harry Stewart, and I'm telling him that about women's and he's looking at me like I'm from freaking Mars when I'm saying that, because to men, it's like, it's just information. I'm like, shut up, David. This for <laughs> women, it holds. Am I pretty today? Am I good today? Am I going to accomplish something today? Am I successful today? And I still struggle with it. I will tell you that during prep, my friend that I did, we sort of talked every day and she's in her 60s as well and competed. We'd say we'd have, I shouldn't have divulged this, but we had like two or three scales. <laughs> we'd step on this scale. I changed the battery. And so I still struggle with the number equaling self-worth. It, it's still a challenge. And we don't undo those things, you know, that we've had for 60 some odd years. But, you know, what I was finding was as I was taking my check-in pictures and what you had to do was every week, you had to take a front, a side, which you've seen on my Instagram posts and a back picture. And in the beginning, I have to get because my son had moved home during the pandemic. So this poor child is having to snap me. Like, he just look. <laughs> Are we done? I've had my kids do that. To, to some some videos be, and stuff. And they're like, yeah. Let's but imagine him having to with. photograph you with this. <laughs> and everything was like, Are we done? And I go, One more. That's right. He was like, We're done. But every week he complied. And what's really great about taking progress photos is that you start to see slowly these changes. And fast forward to about six months into the program, and now my check-in pictures are going from me being this angry, like, you know. Get this over with. 
to like a big smile and I put lipstick on. I really bought a pink bikini. And all of a sudden I was taking pride in the fact that this was starting to happen. I'll also say that as 2021 started, both my oldest daughter was getting married and my son was going to graduate from medical school. Every time I say this, I get super emotional because for my son, since I had raised him by myself, I wanted when he crossed that stage to be as proud of me as I was of him because we had sort of done this together, you know, medical school and, and watching him apply and get rejected. You know, he's just such a great child. So there was this moment of, I, I had a really tumultuous divorce. And if people know my backstory, and I don't know if this is the time to say it, but I am Cuban Catholic and got married to the first person I was ever with. Well, he turns out he was gay and he's a physician. And not, I love gay people. I have nothing against that, except being married to one is not necessarily <laughs> conducive to the ego. And I often said he was better at everything than me. Like he could decorate better. He dressed better. He, he doesn't even have gray hair. He was thinner. All of it I was like, <laughs> really God. And I knew I was going to go to this damn wedding and need to sort of, not that I needed to compete, but I needed to be the best. I needed to feel really good because that was really tough for me. So I had these major events. And so come from my daughter's wedding, I had probably lost 30 pounds. I bought a beautiful dress and it was a beautiful time. My son graduated from medical school. I had probably lost another 40 pounds. And now Annie says to me, what we like to have our clients do is a milestone photo shoot. I had never done a photo shoot in my life. Not a, a professional photo shoot. Have you ever done like an editorial photo shoot before? Not with a not with a big organization, just you know, with a professional photographer. Uh, but the whole organization, no. Yeah. So Annie gives me some names of photographers that Michelle has used, and I look at one and pick one, not knowing that this guy's like European and super famous and done has done Vogue, and I just sign up, say yes, thank God that I did, and I find myself nine months into the program. Now it's August of 2021, and I'm in the Las Vegas desert during the time in Vegas where they had a heat dome. I don't know if you remember that. Vegas was under some incredible heat dome. So it's five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm dehydrated because I'm in prep. I'm eating very little. I'm in the desert at five o'clock. It's 110 degrees. And he set up this photo shoot for me to move and I have so much respect now for professional models. Yeah. And I'm in a teeny weeny bikini in the desert and I almost die. I passed out like almost three or four times, but oh, I wow. was freaking determined to get this photograph. And the only thing I wanted out of that photograph, and I had even said to him when we set it up, I said, I want to bring my boxing wraps. In fact, I almost wanted the makeup artist to paint like bruises. Because I said, I want you to capture a woman who's still standing. I want you to capture my grit. And God knows if the universe said, well, you want to get that? We're going to challenge you to the end. I literally, I have this one photo that's me standing. I almost look like Wonder Woman in it. Yeah, you and got the Wonder God, Woman pose, I think. Yes. Yeah, I love that one. He, and that was what I wanted. That one photograph 
captures my entire spirit of this journey of a woman who's still standing. And that's the story of so many of us at this age. Instead of looking at us being in some way flawed, why can't we change the narrative and say, we've done some bad ass stuff? Look what I've survived. And I'm still standing. Still standing. It's so true. We don't appreciate this with older adults and and ourselves. You know, when you think about 50, 60, 70 years of life, you don't get to that age without some bumps in the road. And that's resilience. I always wanted to start a podcast that said, we've done hard things because we've done hard things. So if we started to sort of do an Excel spreadsheet of all the hard things you've done, you'd go losing weight's a freaking piece of cake. Getting in shape's a piece of cake. You know, delayed gratification is easy. I've done so many harder things. Doing something uncomfortable, I think, was my motto, was just do it. How uncomfortable can you be? That's why I love cold showers and ice baths, because how many people can do it? But then when you do it, you're like, if I can do this, what else can I do? And that was the story of the photo shoot. When I would ask Annie, when we were getting ready for it, I would say, why do I even need to do this? What am I going to do with these damn pictures? And she said, it's not so much about the pictures. It's who you become. You now become the person who did the photo shoot. It's the becoming. I have a question. For a lot of people who are listening, how how difficult was it to actually follow the other rules, or or in, in the sense, you know, the the at the mindset, and the motivation, and the self love, and looking at yourself, and the introspection, and there's maybe things that you don't like about yourself. I'm sure that's really hard, and to look at certain things, and how how hard really was it to get through this transformation? Because not only the mindset and having to accept things about yourself that maybe you don't like or know that you have to change other than just, you know, the, the food and the, the exercise, how, how much of a challenge was that? And how did you get through it? I'm still working on it. In fact, I think now is where the work really has become. In fact, now I've hired a bit of a spiritual life coach because I didn't realize how much work I needed to do. You know, I found myself angry. I was angry a lot. I was just angry. I was angry, you know, post-divorce because I would often say my former husband, when all was said and done, I thought I'd be validated. You know, people would say, well, he's the one who did you wrong. And then I found, wait, the world doesn't see it that way. The world sees him as a physician and so I joke because that's what I do, right? That's why I started doing stand-up because stand-up let me deal with the anger, but the anger doesn't serve us. The only thing the anger does is hurt us. So I'm still, in fact, I would say I'm more in the trenches right now. The, the diet and exercise was easy. Right now I'm in the trenches of really uncovering because I, you know, I say to women, our life's like a pie chart and it's like buying new towels buys new towels you know nobody ever buys new towels why do we hold on to the same towels but there's this part of our life that we address you'll address maybe your financial component your home your kids your diet your exercise but then there's always this piece of the pie chart 
that like a dark room we keep locked that we don't even enter it. And I realized that after I had lost the weight, there was still this component, the self-love and feeling like I could be loved and allowing myself to be loved that I hadn't tapped into at all. And I was still holding on to just, I don't know if I wanted to be right or validated or someone see the wrongs that had been done me. And I realized those still weren't serving me. So that's really, really, really the hard work. And uh, right now, what I'll tell you I do is that I think one of the keys to sort of longevity and happiness is waking up early. If I gave a woman a piece of advice, just a little thing that can really change your life, obviously good sleep. We're both wearing the Ura ring, right? Good, good sleep, but wake up early. Wake up early and spend 15 minutes, half an hour in gratitude, in writing down that it's all going to be okay and that the universe has enough for all of us. Because I think, again, growing up of a certain age, I grew up in a mindset of scarcity. Am I going to have enough money, you know, because I'm single so that when I get older and all of these things that no one taught me that when you live in scarcity and whether scarcity applies to food, to money, to whatever, love, right? then that's what you bring into yourself. So I make an effort now to spend the first half hour of the day. The first thing I'll write in my journal and journaling, I didn't journal before journaling oh my god free writing oh it's so cheap it's so easy but it's so brilliant and no one wants to do it I, <laughs> it's one of the things i agree i have to stop and and just try to emphasize the power of journaling and i'm glad you brought this up uh because i've used it with my clients i wasn't using it myself at the time i i but i remember them telling me my goodness eventually when they did it that was the most effective for sleep or stress. And now that I'm having my own journey, I'm going through osteoarthritis. And so there's a part that says, um, what I'm learning is actually, let's start journaling. Maybe you're, because very strange, I'm 52. This is a disease that happens when you're in your 70s. Why do I have this? And there is a theory, perhaps it's emotional, um, trapped emotions or whatever. So I started journaling and, and I resisted it for so long, just like my clients, just like anybody I'm telling who's going through stress. Uh, it's the kind of thing that I don't know why it's so hard to pick up a pen and paper, but when you do, I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of stuff coming out and you have to be very honest with yourself and you have to write something. You have to tear it up because you're afraid people will see this because you will feel shame you will feel fear, you will feel anger, and you, and these are all negative emotions. And if you're a generally positive person, I think like you and me, we don't really want to go there. That's not something that we associate ourselves with, but it's an emotion that we, and that is a part of us that I think uh, we need to understand and acknowledge, let it pass through you rather than shoving it into a closet because I don't want to deal with it, or it's, I think I have done it already, whatever. But that pen and paper, and it's got to be pen and paper. And from my experience, from what I've been uh, myself, but also my clients, it's not just thinking or meditating on it. And, and meditation is, is great, but that journaling, I think you've seen and I have seen how powerful it is. And I, I really encourage people to 
20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, whatever you can try to do a little bit every day, find that hour or that, that hour, that moment it doesn't have to be super long, but to do this. And you, I've found myself like for an hour or so, right. I thought I would be like 20 minutes and I'm like, whoa, it's <laughs> coming out and it's very powerful, but you feel relieved. I don't know something about it. It's unbelievable. And you find out things about yourself that you didn't really think about, you know, who has the time to do this when you're raising kids? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really the kind of thing we shove to the side, but you do find out things about yourself that you didn't really know, but because it's kind of repeating itself in the book or in your journal, you're like, hmm, maybe there's this means something and it gives you clues and gives you a track. And I think this is one of the key components to transforming your health and your life. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hack my age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. And you said something really important before I was getting ready, just thinking about it mentally for this podcast. You said something about honesty. Yeah, you have to and be it's very honest. Finding the truth because I feel like secrets at this age don't serve us. And the paper and the pen allows you almost like a confessional, right? To sort of just like what we believed in Catholic school that your soul would be clean. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, it's a little bit like a spiritual cleanse. Now, you have to go back to it every day. And I did not do this in the beginning. And I was not ready for this. The weight loss, that's why I said the weight loss was just the beginning. The weight loss was just the beginning. This has transformed into something so much bigger than I ever thought. In fact, I gave a motivational speech several. That was one of the things like, I didn't know this idea of manifesting, right? I read The Secret long time ago. That's almost why I became a stand-up because I had read The Secret. And The Secret is almost like improv where this idea of see who it is you want to be and then be that person. So what would a stand-up do when they get up in the morning? When I started doing stand I didn't know how to do that. But when I started doing stand-up, I would even go to the grocery store. No matter who I said, I wouldn't tell them what my profession was. I would say I'm a stand-up. And the minute I'd say that, they'd start laughing. And I used to think, yeah, just like you did. And I thought, I don't even have to tell a joke. I can just say I'm a stand-up. You should try it sometime. You want to try a cool experiment? Tell somebody you're a stand-up. Like you're doing something new and you're a stand-up. See what happens. They immediately, they start laughing. And when you have that connection, it's almost like it's the best way of setting up trust is saying, I'm. I'm a person that will make you laugh. And I realized what a powerful skill of this art of pretending. And that's what improv tells you to do, is that on stage for a minute, just pretend, just pretend. And I think I applied that art of pretending, and I still do all through this program, because last year I wrote and I started doing vision boards for the first time. Yes, another powerful manifestation tool. <laughs> I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And do you know all the things I set out to do, I did. 
But when I prepared for the motivational speech, I went back to my childhood and I started as a little girl because you mentioned in some of the questions you sent to me about superpowers. And I've often said Wonder Woman has been, for some reason, eerily part of my life for as long as I can remember. She was my superhero as a little girl because there were, I wasn't attracted to a male superhero. It was Wonder Woman and she was part of my era. In fact, Gloria Steinem used her as their first cover of Ms. Magazine in oh. 1972. Yeah, they revived Wonder Woman. In fact, it was Gloria Steinem who revived, but the story of Wonder Woman and that history, brilliant. And I thought to myself, what were my superpowers when I was growing up? What got squashed and trampled along the way? And I realized as a little girl, I was always an optimist. They would call me the girl with rose-colored glasses. And I always had humor because my mother was really tough, really tough, like really tough. And my father, who I adored, because I sort of aligned with him, then I got sort of the same abuse that he did. So whatever she would call them, she would always say, you're a big fat pig. That's you know, because she's Cuban and that's, you know, you're a big fat pig, you know, with her. It sounds, I guess, a little less harsh if you say it in her accent. But in order to deal with that, I became a smart ass. So I realized that some of my superpowers early, early on were humor and optimism. And they've served me so well all through my life. I'd say everybody should give a motivational speech. Like, what would you say to inspire someone? What would you do? What would you say? I think everybody should do stand up as a woman and everybody should give a motivational speech because it makes you take a hard look at what are your superpowers. It sounds like those, those were your coping mechanisms for the pain and the fear that you may have had from your mom. I'm not a psychologist, but from what I'm learning, because <laughs> When you're positive, right, that, that's your coping, coping mechanism. It's your superpower. Now, the question is, is it still serving? It's, it's not that you, you, you give it up. I think all this stuff is super important, but there is another side that was we're humans. We have all kinds of emotions. And so does that, and my question, I, and I don't know, because I'm still also going through this, but I do encourage women who are like you and me and positive and these are coping skills and these are wonderful things because you attract wonderful people in your life and everybody wants to hang out with you and you're fun and you 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 try to look at the silver lining but it's uh it's something that you just may want to dip into sometimes if you're struggling if there's anything going on in your life that you think I'm not I want to optimize or I'm not um quite satisfied or maybe it just takes a look into that space and say you know does that do I need to recognize and acknowledge certain things? Because I hate the victim mentality. I hate complainers. I, you know, that's just not me. Uh, and it's not about sitting with that and being one of those people. But when you're, because especially when you're positive, I think it's sometimes you need to look and, and sit and, and just acknowledge that and go, okay, that exists and it's okay. And it's normal to have these feelings. That's, that's all I, I have to say, but it's, it's a, it's a journey. It is a journey because I would also say I was a people pleaser like most women. And in order to sort of deal as the optimist and the humorist, as many comedians, I was always on. Da, 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 da. And so now I'm learning that I don't have to be on all the time, that I can hold space for others. And so that's why I said my work 
it's not over. In fact, I would say the really tough work is still going on. It never ends. But then there's never an end to success either, right? Success is infinite. And it's lifelong learning. I mean, as a gerontologist, this is what we learn is that one of the keys to longevity is lifelong learning. And it's not just about learning new skills and new technology, but learning about yourself because we, we change, you know, there's, we transform, we, we have different experiences. We're not the same woman we were when, when we were going through puberty or having babies or starting a career, we are different. And, and I think, like you said, we need to embrace this and, and acknowledge how much, how much we've gone through. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for that. And, and, and what I think is super important here is that despite getting the total body transformation, you reach your goals, you've gotten to the dress that you wanted, you've got the, the been made your son proud. I mean, all of this stuff. And yet there's a part that, that part of the pie that you mentioned that still needs to be looked at. No. And, you know, I hear you. And I also realized that I realized about women is that we don't have to compete. We don't have to compete. That one of the things I probably the biggest gifts in this program was this gift of a tribe, finding your tribe, right? Because as you move forward, sometimes you're not taking family and friends along, right? So now you have to find women that are lifting you up. And that wasn't taught to us, but that's such a gift that we don't have to beat each other down, that we can, as women, lift each other up. And that's the story of Wonder Woman. The creator of Wonder Woman said, from, he created her in the 1940s. He said, in 100 years, women will take over. And you know what? I absolutely a thousand believe through podcasts like yours and what I hope I'm doing are time. As long as we lift each other up, because if we don't pit each other against each other, ooh, watch out world. That's the power that no one can stop. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned uh, that in, in our, when we were discussing our questions that you lost your superpowers and then you got them back. What did you mean by that? So four years into my marriage, I thought I had the perfect life. We were, we had lived in France. I had two babies. I was married to a doctor. You know, I had the perfect life and we were living in Chile under a dictatorship under Pinochet and financially it was not going to be good for us. So we decided to come back to Tampa, which is where I'm from. And a year after moving, we had one car, two babies under the age of five. I was teaching, I was running the ultrasound program at a local community college. I was working 80 hours a week and my former husband has an affair, but it's with a man. And this one, I tell you, I lost my mind. I found myself in a situation that I did not, there was no way I knew how to navigate it. And then I joke, because this is part of the stand-up, was I mentioned to my mother on one afternoon that we were having issues, and she adored him. Often said she loves him more than she loves me, which is sort of true. <laughs> and when I said to her, you know, Mama, I think we're having problems, this is literally what she said. You know what your problem is? Because it's always the woman's problem, right? You don't cook or clean enough! <laughs> As if that would make him gay, right? <laughs> oh, I didn't do the laundry. Poof, you're gay, right? So I right then realized I have to be quiet. I have to hide. I have a secret. I can't tell anyone this. And I got locked in the closet 
with the key thrown away, two babies, a job I so loved and thought, how are you going to survive? The kids didn't ask for this. You're not going to be able to tell anybody because look at her response. It was the peak of AIDS, 1985, the peak of AIDS. Be quiet. Don't tell anyone. And I did for another 15, 16 years. And then I got pregnant with my son as if some divine gift from the universe. I often said my son was a gift to me to save me because it must have been the one time we had sex, you know? And I started to get angry. And I wasn't an angry person. I just started to get angry. I was angry about everything. Angry, 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 angry. And then finally I said, no mas. You know, I always say in Spanish, no mas. You know, women get to a certain age. And this is all around that time of perimenopause. And that's why I say sometimes the symptoms of menopause are not necessarily always physiologic. If we look at the struggles of what most women are dealing with from the onset of perimenopause through menopause, sometimes I wonder if that 20% supposed loss in brain mass is not necessarily our hormones, but it's the effing stress and secret and anger and lack of self-love that get to us. Because when I see those patients in gynecology, nobody talks to them about What's going on in your life? Have you got a secret you're keeping to keep everything looking hunky-dory? Because we were the perfect couple. Yeah, it's it's so true. I think we we try to put on so much of an image. And now with social media, we really have to understand that there's so much more to the story. And, and um, we can be really sidelined by just sort of watching all this positivity and and it's and have to be perfect and have to yeah so i think we need to just step back for a little bit but unfortunately i think it's sometimes it's just experience life experience that brings you to this place and i do think i i think the the hormones and the life experiences are bidirectional to keeping us you know is it the hormones or is it experience in life it's it, it's got to be both it's just my own sort of opinion because we know that stress will influence your hormones and we know that a change in hormones will influence your stress. So it is, it is, that's why perimenopause and this whole menopause journey is, is not easy and, and it, it's okay, right? It is okay. And it's a normal process and you will get through it. And I think part of the superpowers of women is that we have oxytocin. We have a lot more than they do. And that helps us bond and build a tribe and have support and talk and get things off our chest and, and know that you don't have to be perfect. Really, you are perfectly imperfect. And that's the way you know, we all are. So I, I'm going to, we're going to have to wrap this up because we're, we're, we can just go on forever and ever. And we've learned so much from you. There's things that, you know, I, I've shared that I haven't shared before. I hope people can can get inspired. <laughs> what do you say? What is your mantra? I think when, and, and I had thought about this, you asking me this, I, I think it's what I said to David on ages and I came up with this on the fly, but I realized that when you love yourself, it's so much easier to love life and other people. When that foundation starts to happen and you start nourishing yourself and loving yourself and seeing the imperfections and saying, ah, it's okay. It's, it's good. This is, this is what a 66 year old, you know, looks like. And you smile, just even smiling. When you love yourself, it's just, 
easier to love. And when you are in a loving state, it's like as close to heaven, if there is one, and hopefully there is, it's like a divine state. And so I think that to me is my mantra and I didn't know it, but I learned that through this program. Just, yeah, wonderful words. And it's not as easy as we think, right? No, it's, no, no. It's, I'm still, ladies and gentlemen, it is a everyday process. Just like you don't diet and then it, you know what I mean? Or diet, I hate the word diet. You don't lose the weight and change this process and then go back to no exercise, you know, but what is cool about 2023 is the combination of science, like the stuff that you teach, and self-love, self-love and science, oh my God, we couldn't live in a better time. Self-love and science. It's powerful. Magic. So what is, if there's one, one thing a woman going through menopause in this midlife transition, which which you've gone through the menopause transition, right? I mean, it's although you still are evolving as a person. What advice, if she's to do one thing every single day, what would you recommend she do to get a better, just transformative life, transform her health? I think get up and set an intention for the day. Get up early. Make sure you sleep well and get up early so that that first part of the day, whether you feel like crap or not, for that first part of the day, it's about setting the stage. Even if you don't do it, it's about setting the stage for where am I going to find the joy in life today? And how can I love myself and take the time to be present to see the love I have for other people? It sort of chips away at sort of those things that we hold that aren't healthy for us. So for me, sleep and waking up early Oh, seeing the sun rise in the morning. Oh, you do you talk about it. It's it's so cheap. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> it doesn't cost anything. It's free. Yeah. That's wonderful advice. Okay, everybody, get up early in the morning, watch the sunrise. It is super powerful. Thank you so much, Susan, for sharing your story and your personal experience and, and inspiring. You are an inspiration for so many women. And, and you are showing that 66 is badass and awesome and an amazing, amazing time in life. I'm so inspired. If anyone wants to hear more about you or find you, you can find, I follow you on Instagram, Kiki Mouse Gets Fit. That's and my grandma name. <laughs> I love it, Kiki Mouse. It's so easy to remember. And if you're in the Florida area, I guess you've got advanced ultrasound, ultrasound3d.com. And I guess that's, that's where ultrasound practice. Yeah. I love it. And where in Florida is it? Tampa. In Tampa. Great. Oh, that's great. So I will have links to your account, to your website, your email in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. I'm so grateful that you're here and I can't wait to keep following you and watch the transformation. I love you. Thank you so much. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. 
statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.